Hi there, my name is Anna Michelle Gomu and you are listening to the podcast where we take our time to seek God in His Word each day. We're currently on a Bible in your challenge reading through the entire Bible in 365 days from Genesis to Revelations. And I'm glad you decided to join us today because it's gonna be great. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay listening. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today is day 187 of our Bible Year Challenge and we are continuing on our journey taking readings from the books of 2nd Kings, 2nd Chronicles and also praying along with Psalms and today we are going to be hearing the last about King Hezekiah from the book of 2nd Chronicles. Yesterday we read about the death of King Hezekiah but we're a little bit far off in 2nd Chronicles because we're hearing about the last part of his years in second chronicles so let's dive right in um there is one major thing that i'm going to talk about in this episode that i feel is so so interesting and so intriguing and that is what i'm going to be focusing on as the theme of this episode anyways before i jump right in i'm just going to be giving a quick summary about what's going on in second chronicles and second kings so first of all in second chronicles because that seems to be a bit far off or far behind um king Hezekiah is um faced with this huge dilemma we've seen this in second kings where there is this threat coming from the assyrian emperor Sennacherib, and he is threatening to destroy judah just like he destroyed the israelites the northern israelites just like he destroyed all of the other nations and he sends this threat with the intention of demoralizing the people of Judah because we're told that he sends this in form of a letter to Hezekiah who carries the letter to the altar and prays with it but then he also sends like his officials to go to Jerusalem and tell and shout this to the hearing of everyone in Hebrew in a language that they can all understand that they are going to be destroyed in a matter of days and that nothing is going to stop them from the awaiting destruction. And we're told that they do this so that the Israelites would become afraid. And this is very key. This is a very small thing that we might overlook, but this is very key, that the first thing that the enemy or the devil would do to make us fall, to make us lose a battle, to make us um, fail in any trial or in any temptation that we're faced with is to demoralize us he will make sure that you believe a lie to make you believe that nobody is coming to save you and there's nothing that can help you out of that seemingly hopeless situation so the first step that the enemy or the devil will do when he wants to attack us christians when he wants to attack our faith when he wants to attack us financially or physically or spiritually is that he incites fear fear is us acknowledging or believing that what we're facing is too big for god to handle and so when we know when we're aware of this secret or we're aware of this fact we have to realize that we cannot give in to fear the word of god says that he has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of love of self-control and of courage and so when we're faced by fear when we're faced by anxiety, when we're faced by worrying, we realize that this spirit is not a spirit of God and we have to be on our guard because fear is the first attack of the enemy against us in battle. 
And so when they do this to the hearing of the people of Judah, um, King Hezekiah encourages them and he tells them that they have human power, right? They have the numbers, they have the experience, they have the gold, they have the warriors, but we have the Lord our God. And this is very similar to what um, David said when he was facing Goliath and he told Goliath that um, you come up against me with spears and with swords and with clubs, but I come against you in the name of the Lord, the commander of the army of Israel. We as Christians have to recognize that our power does not come from our strength. <laughs> our power does not come from our riches or wealth. Our power does not come from our connections or who we know or our networking. Our power is solely in God. God is the driving force in us. God is our life. God is our guide and he's our light. And we need to recognize that we are entirely dependent on God for survival for everything we need let alone in battle and it is when we recognize this that we acknowledge the importance of going to god in prayer when we are faced with adversity or when we are faced with problems because we we know that we are nothing based on our own strength based on our own experience based on our own power we are nothing compared to our enemies and so let this be our encouragement today that we take our problems we take our fears and our anxieties to god in prayer knowing that he is our power knowing that he is our strength and knowing that with him we are the majority and we have the chance of winning the battle and so after all of this is done and done we're told that god um shows himself um in an amazing way he sends an angel that kills all of the warriors and all of the armies of the assyrian um nation kills all of them and then even the Assyrian emperor with all of his boasting was killed in the same temple of his god by his sons. And I think that's very ironical, you know. Um, the Assyrian emperor, Sennacherib, was talking about how the god of Judah was not going to save them from the impending destruction. And that same emperor was killed in his own temple of his own god. Like, even his god could not save him from the almighty god and the destruction that was coming against him <laughs> i think that's very ironical anyways we're told that um king hezekiah has a child in second kings who is manasseh and manasseh grows up and becomes a king at the age of 12 and grows up to become one of the worst kings that the people of judah the nation of judah had ever had <laughs> and i think this is it's funny because, first of all, we look at King Ahaz. King Ahaz was the father of King Hezekiah. So King Ahaz was a terrible king, one of the worst kings that Judah ever had. And then you have King Hezekiah, who was a good king, an amazing king. And then you have King Manasseh, his son, who was also one of the worst kings that Judah had ever had. We're told that he rebuilt all of the pagan places of worship that Hezekiah tore down. He even builds up altars in the temple of God. He sets up this gods of Asherah, the statues and the altars, the pagan places of worshiping and offering sacrifices in the temple of God. He takes part in human sacrifices. He sacrifices his own son um, as an offering to those gods. And he even kills innocent people to the point where the streets of Jerusalem, the streets of Judah was flowing with blood. So Manasseh is pretty much a very terrible king. And with him and with all of this rebellion and all of this sinning comes 
the final fulfillment of the prophecy that the people of Judah are going to be sent into exile by Babylon. And God makes this final decision after seeing King Manasseh lead the other people of Judah into sin. But one major point now, this is the highlight of this episode, and this is very interesting. So we're told, right, that Manasseh becomes king at the age of 12. So that means that at the age of 12 was when King Hezekiah died. When Manasseh was 12, King Hezekiah died and then he became king. But if you remember that when King Hezekiah was initially at the point of death, that is in yesterday's episode, when he was at the point of death, he prayed and God gave him additional 15 years. So it is safe to say that it was in those additional 15 years of King Hezekiah's life that he birthed or he had a son, Manasseh, because Manasseh was 12. So it was in those additional years that were not originally in the length of years of King Hezekiah's life that Manasseh was born. And Manasseh came up to be a terrible king that led the people of Judah into sitting and finally bringing about the fulfillment of the prophecy of the exile of the people of Judah into Babylon. I hope this makes sense. Just come on with me for a few seconds. So what I'm driving at is the fact that it is not enough to ask for more time. It is not enough to ask for more blessings. It is not enough to ask God to satisfy your every desire and your every wish. But the real prayer is that whatever we ask God for does not turn out to be a curse to us. That whatever we ask God for does not turn out to be something that would bring us or take us away from God rather than bring us closer to him. It was also in those 15 additional years that King Hezekiah prayed for that he was so boastful and so filled with pride that he boasted to the officials of Babylon about all that he owned, about his riches, about the storerooms, about his wealth. It was also in those additional 15 years that King Hezekiah made that disturbing remark when Isaiah told him that the people of Judah were going to be sent into exile um, to Babylon. And he said, um, well, that is great news. At least it doesn't happen in my time. King Hezekiah was an amazing king and he ruled really well as a humble king to the Lord. But in those 15 additional years that he prayed for, he made so many mistakes that made him move far away from God than he was before. And so this, this can be us so many times when we pray God, when we pray to God for that job, or we pray to God for that healing, or we pray to God for that promotion, or we pray to God for that financial breakthrough, or we pray to God for that partner, or we pray to God for literally anything. That that thing that we ask God for might be the reason that we drift farther away from God. In essence, it's not that what God gave to us was a curse. It's not that um, good things are a curse or good things are not good. But it is that sometimes we as humans can infect things that are supposed to be blessings to us and turn them to curses because of our sinful nature. And so while we're praying to God for extra time, while we're pray praying to God for long days and healthy days, while we're praying to God for that blessing, we also pray 
that God gives us the grace to use whatever he has given us to bring us closer to him. That while we are praying for more time and more days to our lives, that those days do not take us away from God. That those days do not become days that we would do the worst evil that we've ever done in our lives. That those days do not become the days that we make the mistake that will lead us to lose our salvation. And I hope that makes sense because, I mean, another instance I can cite to this effect is the story of Solomon. You know, Solomon asked for wisdom. And wisdom is a very good thing. I mean, we're told that he was the richest king. He was the wisest king. But even in Solomon's wisdom, he made one of the most foolish mistakes. And his heart was turned away from God. And so it is possible that our prayer requests, it is possible that what God gives to us as blessings can lead us away from him so that is the theme or that is the major message of this episode that while we are asking god for his blessings and for answered prayers we also ask that he gives us the grace to use what we are given wisely and in all holiness to bring us closer to him because that is the whole point of life i mean the word of god says that of what use it is to a man that he gives the whole world and loses his soul. All of this is vanity if at the end of our lives we don't get to spend the rest of eternity with God. That that will be so sad. I hope it is not my story and I'm praying that it's also not yours. And so please keep on praying for me as I am always praying for you guys. Thank you so much once again for tuning in today. I do hope that you share, leave a review, and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't. And I will see you guys in the next episode, same time, same place. Please have an amazing day.